السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد Welcome to our session of refinement of the soul We'll start with a little bit of tilawat of the Quran I'm going to repeat yesterday's line Because it's some, somehow somewhere connected inshallah أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أتأمرون الناس بالبد وتنسون أنفسكم وأنتم تتلون الكتاب أفلا تعقلون واستعينوا بالصبر والصلاة وإنها لكبيرة إلا على الخاشعين الذين يظنون أنهم ملاقوا ربهم وأنهم إليه راجعون صدق الله العظيم In the previous verse we, we did that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said Do you command people to do righteous deeds whereas you forget yourselves whilst you recite the kitab Don't you understand? So we, we did the fact that uh, the ulama of the Yahud the scholars of the Yahud they would command people to do good Though they themselves would not adopt it, implement it. So Allah Ta'ala is uh, imploring to them that can't you understand that this is not right, this is wrong? The ulama mentioned uh, two key factors in, the, in, in re the reasoning of why the ulama of the Yahud, why they would do this. They say, the ulama mentioned that one is the love for oneself, ego, one's ego. And... The second one is love for worldly gain or wealth or commodity. Because a person's worry about them, their their image, or because a person, uh, he has, he, he does, he wants to do, he wants a lot, for, he has greed for things for himself, he wants different, different things. So this now makes him uh, a type of a, you know, the a hypocrite in the sense that uh, I want ease and comfort, so therefore I don't want to pray right now, or I don't want to pray, or I want to keep uh, money to myself, so I don't want to give, or I want to amass more wealth. In order to do that, I can't be worried about, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, carrying out all these different different acts. If I sit here and pray extra rakats, for example, instead I can go out there and make some more money. You know, so different different reasons. The ulama mentioned these are some of the underlying reasons. And Allah Ta'ala addresses that in some extent when he says in the next verse, A'adhu billahi min shaitan rajim, he says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا And seek assistance, seek help, بِالصَّبْرِ With patience and perseverance, وَالصَّلَاةِ And praying salah. So, Seeking assistance through sabr and salah. Sabr, has several meanings. One is sabr, to be patient, and this is uh, in different circumstances. And then one meaning is to be perseverant. So to be patient upon the difficulty that a person befalls, and perseverant upon uh, an action that a person continues to carry out. And another meaning is uh, when a person is... Uh, when a person is refraining from doing something wrong. So sabr comes in that meaning as well. Inshallah, in its due time, we'll explain all three. So here, when a person feels um, disinclined to do actions, for example, as the people of the 
the ulama of the Yahud as they had done. So Allah Ta'ala is giving them the solution or the, the solution for that problem. And that when a person feels lazy or when a person does not feel like doing any act, then be, be persevere, you know, persevere and be continuous, be steadfast, keep doing it. So if a person, for example, uh, or when a person uh, wants to make the hajjud, but he feels it difficult, Allah Ta'ala is saying, seek assistance in perse being perse uh, you know, perseverant. In other words, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, and a time will come when a person will be easily able to do it, then it will not be difficult. And then when Allah Ta'ala says salah, this removes that um, the 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 evil of uh, having love for wealth, because when a person continues to perform salah, this is the means by which he draws the riches of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. The Sahaba radiAllahu anhum, when they needed anything, they would perform salah. They would resort to salah. When Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also needed anything, he would resort to salah. Then Allah Ta'ala afterwards says, the, the fact in the matter is when a person really wants to correct himself, reform himself, then they will adopt these two means. Uh, but, but when a person doesn't, right, when a person doesn't, then when a person is not worried about his self, worried about his afterlife, then he won't care. And that's why he says, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ Verily it is difficult, except upon the righteous, the fearful, the one who submit themselves. So when a person wants to fear correct himself he has he has some sort of fear he has sort of some sort of worry some sort of uh, um you know something that's pushing him that that's propelling him to uh come to the realization that you know i'm going to die one day i'm going to die soon i have to prepare for the afterlife i have to fix myself everyone has you know it has they have an innate conscious where uh, it tells them as we discussed before that there's different types of nafs one is nafs mutma'inna Inshallah we'll discuss it another time again But everyone has a conscience that tells them Or laments when they do wrong But if a person doesn't you know, act upon that Trying to fix and correct, them, correct themselves Then sooner or later that uh, That conscience also diminishes and completely finishes So that's why Everyone will have a conscience within us to do right, to stay away from wrong. When we do wrong, it'll lament, it'll complain also. And if we ca continue carrying out evil and ba bad deeds, then that conscience no more remains. We become susceptible to whatever wrong that happens. Uh, it becomes, we become desensitized. Wrong things happen, we do wrong, but we become desensitized to that wrong. So that's why everyone has this aspect, this quality of khashya or uh, some type of fear khushur uh, some type of submission right that uh, we're worried about ourselves we we are submitting ourselves to the one that is greater than us who created us so those who don't don't have that or who had it you know if they didn't work on it, it was destroyed then for them salah is difficult for them being perseverant and steadfast is, is difficult but for those who have khushur and Allah Ta'ala gives us the prescription to inculcate khushur. A person might say, okay, I want khushur, how do I get it? So to develop that consciousness within ourselves, that الَّذِينَ يَظُنُّونَ Those who know, even though here dhan means actually means to think, but in the Quran, whenever the word dhan comes, it means yaqeen, to know. 
those who know that they shall meet their Lord and that to him they will return. To him they will return. So if you want to develop khushur, steadfastness in your worship, steadfastness in your sabr patience and being steadfast upon worship, then to know that they will meet their Lord. Knowing that they will meet their Lord and that to him they will return. So it's very simple. Any and every time we're performing our salah, any and every time we are being patient upon difficulties or steadfastness upon uh, good deeds or re refraining from any evil deeds, all three are forms of patience or forms of sabr, then we have to be uh, cognizant or we have to be we have to be conscious that we're going to meet our Lord one day and He'll reward us. He'll reward us of the difficulties I'm going through. He'll reward me of the perseverance that I have despite the fact that it's difficult for me to get up every morning to pray tahajjud, to pray all my five times salah on time. It's difficulty. But that difficulty, Allah will reward me for it. And when I... That when I return to Him, I'll get my full reward. Similarly, a person can also have that instilled that uh, the fear that when I reach him then when I meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what will I say how will I uh, you know account myself so at least I have my salah or the fact that I'm fearful that when I meet Allah I sh you know I shouldn't have uh, balance that unbalance you know uh, balance that I owe or the salah that I didn't pray so even if, if, if a person can perform his salah or ibadat with this in mind that uh, you know I want to go with a full record or with this in mind that I fear that what if I don't have a full record. So even though this was again addressed to the ulama, the scholars of the Yahud, even so it is addressed to us as well. And one is to remove those evil uh, traits of love for oneself and love for wealth or, you know, the worldly possession. But at the same time, this ayah is also general. That when we are in any type of difficulty, then we should seek assistance through patience and through salah. For example, right now, in this pandemic that we are, are in, if we want help from Allah Ta'ala, then we have to help we seek help in these, with these two means. One is being perseverant. One is patience, right? And another is perseverance. Both are under the meaning of sabr. So being patient upon whatever is afflicting us and being perseverant upon the, uh, the, uh, the actions that we've been doing to continue doing it and refraining from any evil even in these times as well. Allah Ta'ala has given us a chance to rectify ourselves, to redeem ourselves, to isolate ourselves with Him. So we should do that. We should take that time out. Stop spending time on our phones. Stop spending time watching shows. Stop spending time uh, chattering, chatting with friends and on, on Facebook and these different type of social media. And put our phones away for some time of the day and just simply worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Isolate ourselves with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we've mentioned before, this is like i'tikaf. In i'tikaf, you completely distance yourselves away even from your own family members. So we have to train ourselves to do that. And those who have done i'tikaf before, for them this isolation is nothing new. It's the same as we've always done before. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. And may Allah draw within us that consciousness that soon we will meet Him and we'll return to Him. When we meet Him, uh, again, this meeting, we should have we should have shock and fervor and desire to meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And knowing that we will return to Him, this will keep us, uh, you know, keep us in, in hisab. 
of ourselves. Keep us in reckoning and, uh, you know, in keep, uh, keep account of ourselves that what am I doing now? What am I going to do later? What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do to meet him? What, what uh, account will I show him? May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, inshallah. Continuing with the Ta'anim of our book, we're doing the chapter of the blessings and favor of the Barzakh, the realm after a person dies. And uh, we are in hadith number five from Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu. He says, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ مَا مِنْ مُسْلِمٍ أَوْ مُسْلِمَةٍ يَمُوتُ لَيْلَةَ الْجُمُعَةِ أو يوم الجمعة إلا وقاقب وعذاب القبر وفتنة القبر ولقي الله ولا حساب عليه وجاء يوم القيامة ومعه شهود يشهدون له أو طابع أخرجه الترمذي والبيهقي ترمذي البيهقي نعرض حديث من ابن عمر هي سيد الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم said whenever a Muslim or a Muslim Muslim male or Muslim female dies on the night of Jumu'ah or on the day of Jumu'ah Allah Ta'ala protects him from the adab, from the punishment of the of the grave and from the fitna and the trials of the grave. And he meets Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala and he has no account, accountability. And he'll come on the day of judgment and he will have shuhud, witnesses uh, that will witness for him. Witnesses that will witness for him. Or that he will have some type of sealed testimony. Sealed testimony. So, uh, this is the virtue of dying today. Actually, on Friday, one of our one of a person that I knew, uh, somewhat also died this morning as well from the same this virus. So, a person will uh, be protected from the punishment of the grave and the trials of the grave, and he won't have any accountability. And and people, the, the angels will witness for him. However, we have to be very careful. These ahadith in their generality. Do mean that Allah will forgive all the minor sins as major sins we do have to make tawbah for, repent for. Similarly, if we took any rights from anyone else, if we owed any rights to anyone else, usurped anyone else's rights, those rights are not forgiven by Allah, they must be forgiven by that person, be it verbal, physical, uh, monetary, or any other way. So we have to make sure that our accounts with people are correct all the time because we don't know when we'll die. Similarly, uh, our account with... Um, um, our Allah Ta'ala, as far as major sins is concerned, uh, that, it, that is also taken care of in the sense that we should make tawbah every single day. So it's a very easy solution. Every day we make tawbah and every day we try our best not to usurp anyone else's rights, hurt anyone, take anyone's wealth and, that we owe and not give them back or whatever it may be in whichever way. The next hadith, عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الرجل إذا توفى في غير مولده يفسح له من مولده إلى منقطع 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 أثره أخرجه أحمد والنسائي وابن ماجه ابن عمر رضي الله عنه نارت رسول صلى الله عليه وسلم said barely a person when he dies besides his mother place mother birth or or birthplace then his Qabr is extended from his birthplace to the place where he traveled till the end depth, depths of his travel. And this mention is in Muslim Ahmad Nasayid al Majid. This is interesting. Allah Ta'ala is actually in one way encouraging that if we travel and we don't worry about death and always you know going uh, back to our to our homeland to make sure we're buried there, that's, that's actually more rewarding. When we move farther and we're, we, we are uh, um, buried away farther, then Allah Ta'ala extends the amount 
the length or the place of our qabr to that extent. And we know the qabr is a very vast place. It doesn't have to be, it is not in the physical sense that in the world our qabr or our grave, but rather the realm of the barzakh, the realm of the afterlife, where our qabr occupies not just a simple, you know, 10 by 10 square foot uh, grave, but rather it's a, it's a different realm. So Allah Ta'ala extends it according to our actions. The next hadith عن ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن أرحم ما يكون الله بالعبد إذا وضع في حفرته ابن مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه mentions that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said among all situations Allah Ta'ala is most merciful with his slave with his servant when he is when he is put in the grave so this is again to instill within us that don't worry if you are a proper servant of Allah, you lived your life properly according to the dictates of Allah and the sunnah of Rasulullah then the qabr is not a scary place. The qabr is not a scary place. In contrast to what people think that what am I going to do in the qabr or how am I going to be there alone and what about the punishments and the different scenarios. So if a person lived his life as a good mu'min, acted upon Allah's commandments and the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he doesn't have that worry this is in Ibn Manda or Munda the next narration Ali ibn Jambasin radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qal qal rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam idha mata al-alimu sawarallahu lahu ilmahu fi qabrihi fayu'nisahu ila yawm al-qiyamah wa yadra'u bihi anhu wa yudra'u anhu hawamu al-ard akhrajahu al-daylami in the next hadith from Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, when a alim dies, a scholar of deen dies, Allah ta'ala gives his knowledge of form. That form becomes his friend and companion until the day of judgment and removes the vermin, the different creatures and insects and pests from him, from his grave. This is narrated in Daylami. In other words, again, when a person acquires knowledge, that knowledge helps him in his grave from the different difficulties and hardships and evils. Again, I mentioned an easy prescription for all of us. You don't have to be a scholar. Is that we recite Surah Mulk every single night and that Surah Mulk will protect us in the grave. But a person who becomes a scholar, then his knowledge, you know, expands. It becomes like a, it becomes like a shield, right? Or, that, or like an aura that surrounds him and protects him. So his, that's not the extent of his knowledge. His knowledge is much far, farther than that, much more than that. And it will keep benefiting him. It will keep benefiting him. The next hadith also alludes to this as well, where أخرج الإمام أحمد في الزهد أن قال أوحى الله تعالى إلى موسى عليه السلام تعلم الخير وعلمه الناس فإني منور لمعلم العلم ومتعلم ومتعلمه ومتعلمه قبورهم حتى لا يستوحشوا بمكانهم SubhanAllah, a narration of Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal in a book that he wrote called Az-Zuhd, Az-Zuhd wa raqaiq a very beautiful hadith wherein he mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent wahi revelation to Musa alayhi salam saying, learn khayd, in other words, learn the knowledge of deen and teach it to people because I keep the graves of a muallim, a teacher and a student illuminated so they don't fear, feel dreary, lonely and unhappy in that place. So they don't feel they don't feel alone in that place in the qabr. So learning has a lot of benefit, has a lot of uh, uh, virtue, 
And one of the virtues is that Allah Ta'ala protects a person from the loneliness and the darkness of the grave. May Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq to learn more and more, to act upon it, to implement it as well, and then to convey it to others, inshaAllah.